0: you can be seated. Wonderful to see you here today. Wonderful to be in God's house. Y'all remember that time, uh, first, first Friday in June, when we're going uh, out to share the gospel. Please remember that. Mark that on your calendars. And, uh, and please try to be part of that. We're only going to probably be out there about an hour and a half or so. Just whoever we can share. That. If you spend the whole time speaking to one person... If you spend the whole time speaking to one person, uh, then hallelujah for that. If we hand out a lot of tracts and meet a lot of people, and it's a lot more than that, God's, gonna, God's the one that saves. Amen. We, we plant one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. And we're going to trust him to do that. Amen. So I want you, to would, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Now, Jesus is at this point is with his disciples the next, that night he's going to, this night that we're reading, he's going to be uh, arrested, go to the garden and be praying and sweating as it were drops of blood and, and the, that be, be arrested and that next day be crucified for the sins of the world. So he's praying with his disciples and he's praying for his disciples to his father. And I want you to read with me in John 17, starting in verse 13. John 17:13 And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Some translations say the evil one or the or the devil. They are not of the world, speaking of his disciples, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We're doing a series on truth. This is our third part. We talked about following our heart. Should I follow my heart? And The Bible says it's a fool that trusts in his own heart. Amen. We're to follow God. We talked last week, as, is there such thing as absolute truth or is all truth relative And here we're going to talk today about the Word of God. That verse 17, you you need to memorize that scripture. It's a short one. We all need to memorize John 17, 17. Jesus said uh, to his Father, praying for his disciples, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. Thy Word is truth. Sanctify them means to separate from a holy I mean, from a profane to a sacred use, to separate them from a profane to a sacred use, to consecrate oneself wholly to God. How is that accomplished? Well, first you have to be born again, okay? And it is a working of the Holy Spirit. But how specifically did the Lord say for his disciples and pray for them? How are they to be sanctified? He said, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word. Is truth? What a wonderful scripture! What a wonderful thought! Truth just seems uh, to so many in the world today, and I believe it's probably intentionally the the, uh, the argument or the influence of the God of this world to make us tr- think that truth is just something something mysterious. It's something out there that can't really be known if it's even if it's even real at all. But Jesus says very plainly, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." The truth, and he says right here, thy word is truth. And so it's not just some mysterious uh, uh, feeling or concept that's too can't be grasped. Christ can be known. His word can be known. Amen. And we can come to know the Lord from the word of God. Truth is only this, uh, this subjective thing that's a feeling or a concept that's too deep to be grasped. It's only that to to those who willfully reject the truth. When a person, a man, or a woman rejects the truth, which is Christ, and the truth as it is in Christ Jesus, and refuses the truth, what are they left with? If a person walks and rejects willfully the truth, they're left with a lie, because that's all that remains. They're outside of the truth. They're left with confusion. They're left with spiritual darkness. They're left with a lie. The Bible says, Jesus said of Satan, that he was a liar and the father of the lies, and there's no truth in him, and he he abode or abides not in the truth. There's no truth in the God of this world, and that's, that's who Satan is, God with a little g of this world. He has that position at this time. So we're doing a series on truth. And we're told right here a very key scripture. This will be one of our key passages of this study, John 17, 17, that God's word is truth. Why do we spend so much time in the Bible? Why do preachers preach the Bible? Why do t- teachers in Sunday school lessons this morning, which was wonderful, all, re- read so many scriptures because the word of God is truth and almighty God has given us his word. He has given it to men. I don't know that we fully or even I fully realize and can appreciate what the Lord has done for us in giving us the Bible, giving us the Bible. And and the critics will say, oh, it's got contradictions or or, it's written by fallible men. And they go on and on and on and on and on. And yet here it is. Here's the Bible. I have it. It's truth. I have it. The critics will, will criticize because they're, they're not in the truth and don't want to be part of the truth. I always say this about the Bible, y'all. If God is a big enough God to, to speak the world into an existence in six days, and do all the miracles that our God has done, is he not a big enough God to give us his word and preserve it? Is he not big enough God to give us the word that he wants us to have And we have it. He can do all these other things, but oh, somehow he can't get the Bible to us. He can't get his word to us. He can. We have it. We have the word of God. We have the Bible. Are there there, uh, false translations of the Bible? Are there translations filled with error and seducing spirits and doctrines of devils? Yes, there are. There are those too. But in the midst of all that, or I would say separated from all that, God has given us his word and we have it. And, and I don't want to believe in a God that's not a big enough God to give me his word and communicate to me what he, how he wants to communicate himself to me and to men. He's given us his word. It says in John 14, I mean, 17, 14, we read it. I have given them what? Thy word. Now, I know the whole Bible wasn't complete at that time, but all of the Old Testament. And then they lived in the days of the gospel. He says, I have given them thy word. And the world had hate, hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. If you want to know why the world hates us, if it's because we are of Christ and they're not. Why the world hates us, and it's not that we get our backs against the wall and say, me, it's Me against everybody. We're to lay down our lives uh, for men to come to know Christ. But if you want to know why the world hates us, the world hates us is because we have the Word of God and we're walking in it. Remember, Christ is the Word. We're going to talk about this here in just a moment. He is the truth. We're walking in the light of the truth. they are not. They're in darkness. And the, Jesus said that uh, this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. You ever thought about that? Light is coming to the world. Jesus is the light of the world. John chapter one. in him was life and the life was the light of men. Light is coming to the world. This is the condemnation. This is the judgment upon the lost. Light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. It says everyone that is of the light comes to the light. And everyone that is of evil of the darkness does not come to the light lest their deeds be reproved. His word is life and light. And I want to talk about the fact that God has graciously given us not only the Bible, not only the Scriptures, which is truth, but He's given us the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, to give us understanding. The Holy Spirit, we'll talk about this more even in weeks to come, but the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. The Holy Spirit, John chapter 16, is called the Spirit of truth, and He will guide you into all truth. He's going to take specifically the things of God and reveal them to the hearts and minds and spirits of men. We need that. It's not enough just to have the Bible. We have to have the education, the teaching, the revelation of the spirit of truth. And God graciously gives that as well. Gives him to us. But he says, I've given them thy word and the world hath hated them. But the, Holy, the word of God is truth. And the Holy Spirit leads us into the things of God and leads us into all truth. If you want to know, how, how do I know I'm safe? How do I know I'm in the truth? There's so many false things out there. There's so many people that I respected and believed in the church and found out later they were preaching something that was wrong. How do I know I'm in the truth? Stay in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. You yourself. Stay in a church that preaches it. Make sure your church preaches it. And, and, but know it yourself. That's the way that you're not deceived. That's the way you don't end up. Find, how did I end up way over here? The truth is way back over there. I was still in church and I was still under a pastor and I ended up over here. How did I end up over here? Well, it's gra- the grace of God to show you that you're over there, first of all. And second of all, to come back to the word of God. Know your Bible yourself. Rightly divide it. That is a a biblical term, rightly divided. Not taking a scripture and, and twisting it, not taking a scripture out of context and building a whole new doctrine or a whole new religion out of it, but the rightly divided word of God taught to you by the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that taught the Apostle Paul three and a half years in the Arabian desert. He got saved. He preached, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, he preached right away, but there was some point early in his life, before he was the apostle to the Gentiles, that God went and just, the. it's really something to think about, the Apostle Paul and the Lord, three and a half years in a desert, being taught of the Holy Spirit. It's like he had a crash course and he caught up uh, to the other apostles and where they were and their knowledge of Christ. Amen? He was a true apostle. He saw the Lord himself on the Damascus Road. But you stay in the word of God, and I stay in the word of God. We want to walk in the truth. And this is an exciting thing to know. First of all, men can be in the truth. In other words, a person can be in the truth. Well, who's to say, you know, that you're really true and you're right and I'm wrong? But well, the Bible is to say. The word of God is to say. And I don't claim to have all the answers, but I can go to one who has all the answers. I don't claim to have all truth, but I have Christ. And I have the Holy Spirit and I have the Bible. So I can be safe and so can you. We can, we can be in the truth. We can walk in the truth. We can abide in the truth. I want to read this scripture. It's another important scripture, Ephesians 4.21. I'll read it quickly. If so be that ye have heard of him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Our series is on truth, right? Truth is not just some ambiguous subjective thing that's floating around in the cosmos. It is very defined, it's very definite. You want to know the truth, come to know Christ. Come to know the truth. Amen. If so be if you, you have heard of him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. And so today's message is, is going to be on the word of God sanctify them by thy truth thy word is truth and God has so linked himself to his word it's important for us to realize God has done it it's not that pastors have done it and try to make it seem like it it's a uh, it's an actual thing God has linked himself to his word they're inseparable in one sense we know very clearly well Christ is Christ okay he's God he's the third uh, he's the second person of the Trinity, Trinity, the eternal Son of God, Jesus Christ. And, and here's the Bible and the Word of God over here. But the Lord has linked himself to his Word. The Lord has done that. John chapter 1, 1. In the beginning was what? The Word. In the, in the Bible, is a capital W. In the beginning was the Word. The Word. And let's, let's find out more about this Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word, what does it say? Was God. In the beginning, not just when He came to the earth 2,000 years ago and born in a manger in Bethlehem, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen? God has linked Himself to His Word, and the Word became at some point. He was already the eternal Word. And the word became flesh at some point about 2,000 years ago and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and what? Truth. And truth. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. There's a need for both. Amen. The grace of God is going to lead us into all truth of God as well. Truth is, has always been because God's always been. The Son of God has always been. Eternity passed as far as you could go. There's the Son of God. He became flesh 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. So truth has always been. But it came in its fullness. Grace and truth. Grace has always been. The grace of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Grace has always been because God's always a God of grace. But grace and truth came perfectly manifest in, in Christ's manifestation in the flesh. Perfectly. There's not a greater display of truth, and there's not a greater, nor will there be a greater display of grace than Christ in the flesh. Come into this earth to die For the sins of the world. Again, when in Revelation 19, the second coming of the Lord, which is still to come, He has a name written on His vesture. It says, and His name is called the Word of God, and His name is called faithful and true. Amen. This is the Lord that we serve, and He's He's linked Himself with the Word. There's two words in the Greek that are primarily used in the Bible for the Word. Okay, I'm going to give them to you just real quickly. In John 1.1, 1, 1, what we read in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. That's a name for Jesus Christ. And that Greek word is logos. I'm sure, I know that you've heard this before. It, it means something said, including the thought. It means reason, communication, the divine expression, i.e., it says in the, in the definition, Christ. So it's the divine expression or manifestation there's not a higher one. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay? The last days at various times and in, in different ways, diverse manners, God spoke in times past to our fathers by the prophets. But as in, this last, in these last days, spoken unto us, us by his son. He is the perfect expression. So that word logos, okay? And there's another word called Rama. Which, and I'll give an example in, in, in Romans ten seventeen. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What is word there? It's rhema. It means word, utterance, command, saying. And so they're slightly different, but I would say without question, both apply to the Lord, and both apply to the word of God. The fact that God has linked himself to the word. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. We quote it, we hear it. For the word of God is what? The word of God is quick. It means living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That word there is logos. That's the same word used for Jesus and his name. Okay? The word of God is quick and powerful. Both apply to the Lord. There's a wonderful scripture I want to read. To you from Psalm 138, verse 2. I'm talking about how the Lord has linked Himself to His Word, and we're tied that in His Word is truth. Our series is on truth, okay? I will worship toward Thy holy temple, Psalm 138, 2, and praise Thy name for Thy loving kindnesses and for Thy truth, for Thou hast magnified Thy Word above all Thy name. Isn't that really something? You say you preachers too make make too too much about the Bible. You you preachers, you know, you 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 know just toe the line to every scripture and it's gotta be biblical. Well, we believe in God, but we don't believe we don't want to put our God or ourselves in a box. In other words, the Bible to them is a box, and we don't want to put God in a box. Well, the Lord has said that his word is truth. His name is the word of God. He has linked himself to the word saying, thou has magnified thy word above all thy name. The Lord has done that. The Lord has done that. It's not a bunch of fundamentalist preachers. It is is God himself that has magnified the word of God to that extent, to where it is truth, to where it is truth to us, to where it is uh, what we live by. Man shall not live by bread alone, Jesus said, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How do I live? By the word of God. It's just shall live by faith. We live by the grace of God. We live, it, we walk in the spirit. How do we know all these things? From the Bible, from the word of God. It's living, rightly divided, the word of God to us. And so when our Lord made this statement, I've given them thy word and the world has hated them. When our Lord made the statement in John 17, sanctify them by thy truth, thy word is truth. It's not just merely a figure of speech. It's reality. It is the truth. I've given them thy truth. He gave himself as the bread of life, the bread of heaven, that if man eats, he'll never die. He gave men his word. He is the living word, and it is quick and powerful. Jesus said, uh, it is the spirit that profiteth, the, uh, the quickeneth, the, is the spirit that quickens or gives light. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak unto you, they're what? They're spirit and their life. Tell me another word that's like that. Well, I'll save you the, the time. There's no other word like that. The words of a good man, the words of a founding father of our country that I would respect and things. no there's no word like God's word. It's quick and powerful. And sharper than a two-edged sword, their spirit and their life. This is not a figure of speech. This is reality. The word of God is precious, precious to us. We need to know it and love it and, and live by it. His word has power. Is not thy word my word, the Lord says to Jeremiah, is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. That's God and his word. It's powerful. Amen. We understand, the Bible says, by faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which, which are seen were not made out of things which do appear. That's power. The worlds were framed or produced or made. How? By the word of God. He spoke it. And it was so. He, he proclaimed it and it stood fast. And so, remember our definition of uh, of truth, just in a, even in just in a natural sense, not even going to a Bible dictionary, just truth. Truth corresponds with reality. Truth corresponds, and that sounds like a, a no-brainer, but in this day and age, with confusion and darkness, and, and men's foolish hearts have been darkened, that, that's not a no-brainer. We need to know truth corresponds to reality. Truth is the body of real or actual things, events, real or actual. Remember last week, truth is not relative. Stay with me on this. and let, We need to let this sink in because the world in which we live especially, truth is not relative. Truth is not subjective to each individual's interpretation of truth. Truth is not uh, subjective to each individual's mind culture or their experiences or their era in which they live, neither is the Bible. The critics of the Bible, I always say they're critics outside of the church, okay, that are, are critics and you would expect that. But the critics within what is called Christianity, I don't necessarily know that they are Christian, but the critics within the the big canopy of Christendom of the Bible will say that we can't really trust the scriptures because, and they begin to tell you why you can't possibly trust the scriptures. The scriptures were just uh, men; they were fallible men that were had their own biases based on their writing the ignorance or their their culture. In other words, this is just a bunch of Hebrews writing this, and to them, God was this. So they wrote that down. That's Exodus, Genesis, Leviticus. You know, and the and Christ was this superhero to. The apostles and so, Matthew, you know, John and so forth, they wrote down their best experiences. And they kind of patronize a little bit. They did their best. They did their best. But we, they say, this is the progressive church. This is not me putting words in the mouth. Google progressive Christianity. See what they believe. See their doctrines. See the books that they re- write. Uh, we have evolved to a higher spiritual knowledge. Therefore, we can look back, and that's like fossil records. The Bible is like fossil records. They show us what people thought about God at the time. But it's not true for us today because we have evolved, and I'm speaking this facetiously, okay? We have evolved to a much higher spiritual knowledge and wisdom and understanding. So... Truth is not truth to a progressive Christian. Truth is relative to the progressive for the progressive Christian. And it is subject to one's own biases and opinions and culture and upbringing and race and everything else. But the Bible says the Lord Jesus is the truth. The Bible says his holy and eternal, unchanging, living word is truth. Now, I'm going to have to believe one or the other. I'm going to have to believe that Christ is the truth and his word is truth, like he tells me, or I'm not. I'm going to have to believe what people are telling me. I choose to believe what Almighty God has told me. I choose to stay there, abide there, dwell there, cling to that, walk in that. Truth is moral. Truth is moral. Truth has moral consequences. It is moral. Truth is eternal. Truth doesn't change based on changes in society or culture. Truth is set. Truth is foundational to life. Truth is fixed, and it's fixed in Christ and on Christ and in heaven. Uh, it, it comes to one, one, one comes to the truth and believes, or one rejects the truth. But the truth itself doesn't change. People hate to hear stuff like that today. They hate to hear something that's that fixed, that my way or the highway kind of thing. They hate it. They hate it. They want it all to be this big bowl of soup that's just all relative and all. There's no, everything's ambiguous and everything's subjective. And everything's relative to the individual and whatever makes you happy. Remember that first sermon we did on this, following your heart? Just follow your heart. How many times do you hear that? How many areas of society do we hear that? Follow your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's what the Bible says. So I'm not going to follow my heart. I want to follow God. Y'all, I have been wrong so many times in my life when I was going to follow my heart. When I follow what I thought was right, I have been dead up wrong. I thought for sure this would be the best thing for my life. Guess what? It wasn't. It wasn't. But I've never I've never made a mistake in following the Lord. His word is truth. He is the truth. He's the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. That's who we need to hear. That the world does not want to hear that, but the world needs to hear that. The Lord Jesus is unchanging his word is living and truth and truth doesn't doesn't change based on anything else the Lord says I am the Lord in Malachi chapter 3 I am the Lord I change not so if he was the truth he's always been the truth Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever he says his word is truth he has linked himself to his word and he says he's true and he says I am the Lord I change not It doesn't change, and it doesn't change, and I'll just speak this out to whoever may hear or watch, but truth doesn't change for you, and truth doesn't change for me. And truth doesn't change for men in the 21st century because we're in the 21st century. Truth doesn't change for one that's a humanist or one that's an atheist Truth doesn't change based on scientific discoveries. The new gods of this world are the scientists. The scientists have proved this, so they're the gods. And then later, science proves something else, and that what they believed back here was wrong. God already knows all the scientific discoveries. He created it all. He knows everything that men are picking away on a little grain of sand on the seashore, and God's made the whole seashore and the whole ocean to go with it and men are picking away trying to discover something. Truth doesn't change based on scientific discoveries. Truth doesn't change for a Muslim or for a Mormon or for your family or for your friends. Truth doesn't change for a believer or for an infidel. Truth doesn't change for someone that's rich or someone that's poor. Truth doesn't change for different races of people. Truth doesn't change based on someone's gender, whether they're male or female or not sure what they are. Truth doesn't change for conservatives or liberals or progressives. It doesn't change for criminals or law-abiding citizens. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It doesn't change. When we go out to share the gospel, and it's a pretty, uh, maybe, economically... Uh, not, not as well off as other parts of the city. And we're going to go there, and we're going to meet people there. The gospel doesn't change for them. They're not victims. They're sinners who need a Savior. They're sinners who need a Savior. You go to talk to somebody on Wall Street or a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer or whatever, they need a Savior. They're sinners who need a Savior. The truth doesn't change for them. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God forever, O oh Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. It's settled. Thank God it is. I want you to turn with me to First Peter. Chapter one. First Peter chapter one verse twenty three. Read that with me. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth, how long? Well, till, till culture changes and they evolve to a higher knowledge of me, or to, of God. No, it says, which liveth and abideth forever, the word of God does, the word of God does. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And that's the same word we're going to preach when we go out. The living word of God. They're going to get saved or they're going to reject. Or maybe later somebody else will come along and reap the harvest long after we're gone. But I can tell you this, they're going to be saved by this gospel or they're going to stay lost. There's not another way that they're going to be saved. That's how they're going to be saved. By the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so this concept of of truth being relative, I want to read a couple of quotes. I read some of these last week, but just real quickly. This is from the relative truth camp that denies uh, absolute truth. There are so many different people and there are so many different ways you can look at things, I don't see how there can be just one truth for every human being. Well, he doesn't see how, or whoever spoke this quote doesn't see how, but the Bible says there is. The Bible says there is. I'm going to believe one of the two, right? Another from the relative camp here. After all, if true beliefs describe the world, and the world changes, then truth must change too. One more quote on this thought. The truth of something can never be more. Listen to this. The truth of something can never be more than our best opinion of that thing. If best opinion is all that we can have or hope for, then best opinion is as good as truth, and truth is a redundant concept. Now, I didn't invent this thought, but if you ever want to talk to somebody like that and they don't believe there's absolute truth, and they say, I don't believe there's one truth true for everybody, and you would have to say, is that absolutely true? (laughs) I know it sounds kind of silly. Is that true? Yes, it's true. Boy, well, you just made a statement of absolute truth that you believe. I absolutely believe that there is no absolute truth. Is that true? Well, it's, it's a faulty argument, isn't it? It's a faulty argument. I'll also ask another question. Would this whole idea of relative truth, would the person that's a proponent of that and has followers following after them, would they accept that in any other area of life? What if I was in the medical profession and they came to see me, and I said, do you need to take some of this medicine? They said, well, that's rat poison. I know, but I believe it will help you. They're going to say, you're crazy. They're going to want to have me locked up. Wow. Well, that's my truth. That's what I believe. I believe it will help you. It doesn't work. Relative truth, it doesn't work. Somebody's going to get on a 737 Boeing and I say, I'm going to fly this thing. Y'all hop on board. Have you ever flown before? No, but I really believe I can. Sit tight. Well, one of the wings is falling off over here. It's going to be okay. I believe that wing is there. And I believe I can fly it with one wing. They're going to get off of that plane with the little chute's going down so fast to get off of there. It doesn't work. Relative truth. My truth is my truth, kind of thing. It has to be, it has to be uh, absolute, and it is absolute in Christ. His word is truth, and it's exciting to me and comforting to me that anyone, anyone that comes to the Lord can believe the truth, can hold to the truth, can walk in obedience to the truth, can receive the blessings that the Lord promised from His word. Anybody can't. Anybody can. Anybody can hide his word in our heart that we don't sin against the Lord. Anybody can counsel with truth. We, we have the word of God and we can do it. You know, for these people that believe in all the relative uh, truth that no truth is absolute, they, they believe that uh, it's not enough that they believe that they're, they're fantasy land. They want you to, to be part of it too. You understand that? That's where we're going, and they're going to insist that you believe in it as well. Somebody's clearly a male. They claim to be a female. They identify as a female today, and they want you to conform to their little fantasy world that they're a female when they're not. This is the world in which we're living. Satan has so muddied the waters that there's no absolute truth. He wants to make it that way, but there is, and we can walk in it. Now, I'm going to kind of bring this to, to one more point before we get to a close what else can the word of god do for besides it being truth and their safety in it and so forth we can discern by the truth we can discern by the truth the word of god is quick and powerful the word of god and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart and so God gives his word to us for many reasons. But one of the reasons he gives the word and he wants us to know it is that we will have discernment, spiritual discernment. It is important. There's wisdom. If any man lacks God wisdom, let him ask of God. Amen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But in addition to that, there is discernment by the Holy Spirit, by the word of God. And it's a needful thing for believers, and it's a needful thing in every era of the church, but especially in our era. When the number one characteristic that Jesus chose to say for the last times is take heed that no man deceive you. He highlights deception all in Matthew 24. Take heed that no man deceive you. If somebody over here says Satan is God, follow him, that's not going to deceive me not going to deceive me. It's not going to deceive you. But if someone says, we're Christians too, and you need to try this over here. The Bible really means this. You've always thought it meant that. But really, this passage means this. You've been misguided and just didn't didn't know well enough. And people go, okay, well, you know, and they walk off. You need to know the Bible yourself. The Word of God is a discerner. The Bible, yes, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, they go together. But the Bible is a discerner. And what does it mean to discern? It means to distinguish between, to judge between, to discriminate, to try, to test, to prove, to examine, to choose, to be decisive. God's word is that. I want to read a couple of scriptures just very quickly. Jesus said, Ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you cannot discern the This time. And they knew the Bible. He was speaking to the Jews of his day. They knew the the Old Testament scriptures that they had. He said, You can discern the face of the sky. You know if it's going to rain or not rain. But how is it you cannot discern the time? How is it you don't know that your Savior has come? This is the time of his visitation to come to you. Malachi says, Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. What are we able to discern by the word of God? We're able to discern or choose or distinguish between truth and lies. You think that's important? That every individual, you know, we've had a sermon, a series on the priesthood of the believer. That every individual, not just your pastor, every believer can discern between truth and lies. Can, every individual believer can discern between truth and error, between true and false. Between, and this is very important, what's of God and what's not of God. A lot of things are done in the name of the Lord that are not of the Lord, Right? That doesn't surprise you, does it? A lot of things are done in the name of the Lord that are not of the Lord. The Holy Ghost and the Word of God hidden in our hearts, by that we're able to discern. But strong meat, that's the Word of God, belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Amen? Both good and evil. Jesus said to this end, before Pilate, when he's standing before Pilate, he's going to be crucified in just a short while. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Everyone. That's encouraging to me. That means the least of the saints. That means the new believer that just got saved yesterday. Do they have some growing to do? Yeah, they got a lot of growing to do. So do I. We have a lot of maturing to do in Christ. But the least of the saints, everyone that is of the truth, hears my voice. And we can know if we're in the truth or if that doctrine is of truth or not of truth. The Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. So if he speaks it and says it, it's done. It's true. It's the Lord. And I'm going to bring this to a close, but the, the tru- truth as we're talking about it is not just a set of facts. It is more than a set of facts. I said it's moral. It has to do with Christ being the truth. It has to do with his word being the truth. Next week, we're going to look at more of, of the, the ramifications, I guess you would say, Of believing the truth or not believing the truth what does it matter your truth is your truth my truth is my truth no but there's the truth and that's the point that the Lord wants us to see there's the truth do you believe the truth do you believe in the truth he proved himself to be God he claimed himself to be the truth to the exclusion of all others it's a mighty bold statement That would be a mighty arrogant statement and a very wrong statement if it weren't true, wouldn't it? Somebody in this room stood up and said, I believe I'm the savior of the world. That would be an arrogant and a false statement. But for Christ to stand up and say it and then for it to be proved to be proved by many infallible proofs, his resurrection, by all the scriptures that were fulfilled, all the prophecies. The Bible says he's proved to be the Son of God, declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. He's declared to be the Son of God and manifest to be the truth. His church, Christ's church, is the, is his body, and the body of Christ is called in the Bible the pillar and ground of what? Does anybody know? Truth. Truth. It is in Christ Jesus. Men will come and whosoever will can come. And we're going to believe in the Lord or not believe in the Lord. But you can't say, I believe in God and me and God have our own thing going. I don't really believe the Bible. They don't add up. You're knowing What you know or think you know is some other God, maybe with the same name, Jesus. The scriptures. I'm going to close with this. Indeed, you can come. Jesus was speaking to the the Jews in his day in John chapter 5 and said, And ye have not his word abiding in you. They said, We're children of Abraham. We have the law. We're children of Abraham. Abraham is our father. The Lord says, On one of several occasions, ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent. Begin of himself, him you believe not. Search the scriptures. This is Jesus telling him, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me, he said. Search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. He's given us his word. He said in the first passage we read in John 17, Father, I've given them thy word and the world hath hated them. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. They are they, the scriptures which testify of me. Amen.' Let's testify of the Lord. His word is truth. Y'all stand with me this morning. I want to read this from First Thessalonians chapter 2. There's a way, y'all, and I'll just close with this thought. Not only is the word of God true, it is truth. It's not only factually correct, it is truth. And Christ has linked himself to his word. Even his name, the logos, is the word of God. Same word that's used for the word of God being quick and powerful. Amen? But there's a way that we are to receive it. I'm looking out here today. I know people are tired for different, different reasons. I'm tired myself. But we look around and, and how do you receive the word of God? How do you esteem the word of God? How do you obey the word of God? Do you obey the word of God? Do you obey it sometimes? And sometimes it really doesn't come into play much in my decision making. How do you love the word of God? Do you study the word of God? Do you hold to it? Do you believe it is what it is? What he says it is. Now I want to read this. The church in Thessalonica. Closing with this verse. Paul was thanking God for the way that the Thessalonians received the word when he brought it to them. Listen to this. For this cause also, thank God. uh, This cause we thank God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God, which you have heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. That's the way we're to receive. If you want the word of God to benefit you, if you want to properly go to the word of God, I'm going to go, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm getting to the Word of God. There's one way to receive it as truth, as an authority of God, the authority of God over your life. Not, well, I, uh, you know, another thought of the progressive Christians is a, a quote and a, and a sample of their beliefs. So they'll read a passage and say, and I've heard it heard on podcasts and that kind of thing, that, that scripture doesn't resonate with me. That scripture just doesn't resonate with me. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refuse that one and reject that one. Who's God in that sense? The individual's God. They're saying, I believe this. I don't believe that. And when they're through, they built their own religion. And what they, they want to believe. That scripture doesn't resonate with me. doesn't speak to me. Well, I'll be honest. I have some scriptures that I go to and quote and think about and pray far more often than others. But the whole thing is his word. He said it. Not a point of the scripture resonate with me. The point is, is it true? Yes. If it's true, then I need to walk in the truth. I need to walk in the light as he is in the light. Amen. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you'll ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. His words, not the ones you like. The Bible, he's revealed himself to us through his word. And we're to hold to it. And to walk in it the altars are open you now just come thank god for his word come to this altar maybe you've neglected the word maybe you have have had this, this idea i like that scripture i don't like this one i don't want to believe in a god that would flood the whole earth and kill little children i don't want to believe in a god that pe- would actually send people to hell uh, well this is the god of the bible whosoever will can be saved Whosoever will. We have a will. God gave us a will. We need to come to and, and submit ourselves to the Lord and submit ourselves to the word of God. Because he has linked himself to the word. And let God speak to us through it and thank him for it. There's the discernment. There's the safety. It's in the word of God. Amen. Rightly divided by the Holy Ghost.